You are Locked On Pirates, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Pirates, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Locked On Pirates, your daily Pittsburgh Pirates podcast of choice. My name is Jason Rolson, and in addition to this podcast and our written content on LockedOnPirates.com, you can find me at PiratesBreakdown.com, where my team and I strive to provide quality Pirates insight and analysis. And here we are. This is actually our first episode with actual, real-life, meaningful baseball to talk about. And the Pirates are 4-0. Uh, despite what many thought, they've gotten off to a decent start in their first four games. Uh, of course, that was a three-game sweep of the lowly Detroit Tigers. And then today they held on for a 5-4 win against the Minnesota Twins, a very talented club in my opinion. And Colin Moran was the highlight of the day as well as Jameson Tyon. Moran hit his first grand, his first home run with the Pirates, which happened to be a grand slam in the second inning. And those five runs, uh, plus the one four runs from Moran, plus the one they scored in the first inning, was all they needed, and they held on to win 5-4. to four. Um, Some bullpen shakiness in there, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later. We're also going to talk about the great start from Tyon and the great start from this offense in general, especially Gregory Polanco. We're also going to open up the mailbag and talk about what's on your mind, some questions that have arisen from the Pirates' first four games, as well as some general thoughts from you guys. But first, let's talk about some just some news and notes that came out of the game today. And before the game, we actually found out that Joe Musgrove is going to go on the 10-day DL, retroactive to March 30th with some shoulder tightness. Um, Musgrove apparently, according to Bill Brink of the Post-Gazette, reported the shoulder issue this morning before his scheduled side session. So Todd and Tazak reported that to the media, and we're going to shut him down for five to seven days, and the DL stint will exceed the 10 days. So this is not exactly a surprise, yet it is something that's going to have to warrant some attention. Uh, Musgrove just had a very off and on spring training. He reported the shoulder issue on the first day of spring training, first day of pitchers workouts, had to shut down and really tried to ramp back up in what I think was a pretty short amount of time, basically three weeks, and didn't quite have the results he's looking for. And it's obvious now that the situation lingered. So with the pitching depth this club has, it's no really rush. There's no rush really to bring Musgrove back any any time before he's ready. Um, this club can definitely hold the fort down without Musgrove. And plus, Musgrove was one of the great unknowns going into this year anyway. Um, so you're really not losing anything uh, right now anyway, but you would like to see Musgrove back healthy just so you can see what you have in him in terms of if he's going to be a rotation piece or perhaps a bullpen arm. In his place, Clint Hurdle has already announced the left-hander Stephen Brault will start, especially this Thursday, um, which was Musgrove's first turn of the rotation. Now, we did the math at Lockdown Pirates a bit ago. I think our colleague Alex Stump did a piece on that. And the Pirates are only going to need a fifth starter seven times in the first 54 days of the season. So, um, with the off days that are scheduled in, it's not the biggest concern in the world. Um, so, Def Brault is definitely capable. There's no doubt about that. And it might be a good look to see the Pirates have a left-handed starter in the three-game series. You can always try it out a left-hander for one game and kind of forces the other team to react to that. Anytime you get a team to react rather than put out what they think is their best lineup, um, you might you might have something there. So I'm excited to see what Brawl can do. Uh, Jordy Mercer banged up his finger during the game today. X-rays were negative. He's considered day-to-day, not expected to miss any games. And last little note for you today, the home opener happened today, and you may have heard something over the offseason about protest this, boycott that, petition that. At the end of the day, 
that may have had an effect. Today's crowd of 30,186 is the Pirates' smallest ever for home opener at PNC Park. Um, their smallest home opener since 82. That's from Rob Beer Temple of the Athletic. So did the boycott or did the ill feelings of the team towards the team have any effect? It's hard to say. Equally as impactful might have been the weather today in Pittsburgh, which uh, was cold and snowy at the beginning of the day, and they got the game in. And kudos to the PNC Park grounds crew for doing so. But it was likely a combination of all of those factors. So that's the news and notes we have for today. And before we go any further, I want to talk to you about advertising on this very podcast. Uh, Locked on Pirates is a daily Pirates podcast. And based on that alone, if your business was looking for a place to advertise to reach sports fans, Pirates fans, Pittsburgh fans, and get great ROI, the fact that we are a daily show can give you just that. So if you're interested, please let me know. We have pretty good rates right now, and I can get you in touch with the right people to get the ball rolling. So you can find me on Twitter at LockedOnPirates and shoot me a DM, or email me at LockedOnPirates at gmail.com, and we'll get the ball rolling. So yes, today we're going to open the mailbag. If you're new to the mailbag, we take questions from Twitter, from Facebook. If you're coming to us from Twitter, we'll look at your Twitter profile, take a quick, very quick uh, survey of your profile, and pay you a compliment based on that profile. So it's a win-win. So let's get right to the Twitter questions for today. And we will start with Tanner Yoho at Hey Yoho, H-O-E, once me. Okay. He says, how many innings is a good sample from a bullpen arm? Should we be worried about the early results? And if you look at Tanner's profile, his headline says, no matter what, where life takes me, you'll find me with a smile. That's a very nice sentiment. I think more people should be like you, Tyler. Anyway, to answer his question, uh, not... You should not be worried about the early results. Number one, he's probably referring to the fact that Josh Smoker, again, struggled today. One pitch, um, pulling up the exact box score now, but this is two two uh, outings in a row where Smoker has been less than has less than desirable outcome, let's put it that way. Uh, going into the spring, we had thought that it might come down to him versus Jack Leathersitch for a spot. He won that battle, but the results just have not been there. He did not uh, retire a batter. He got one hit on him, but uh, that run that came across as a result was charged James and Tyon. And if you look at the other guys, uh, Edgar Stantana, who I really like, really struggled today, uh, pitched just one-third of an inning, allowed two hits, and gave up two earned runs in the process. Um, nothing, None of his stuff was working today at all. Uh, it was flat. He was missing a lot. I believe he hit a batter in there as well in the wild pitch. So, not a good look for Santana. I'm still very bullish on him just because of the different look he gives in the bullpen. Here's a guy who throws a slider, a fastball, and a, a curveball as well. And you look around the Major League Baseball, there's not many relievers that can reliably throw a curveball for strikes. They just get tagged. So we are, I am at least, going to reserve judgment on Santana and see if you can find a little more success in the bullpen. But Rivero has bounced back. Contos looks solid. Uh, Neveroska, surprisingly, has looked a little solid for me as well. And he was one of the bigger question marks I had going into the regular season. I had felt that he doesn't really have much strikeout ability, but today he gave uh, the Pirates 1.1 innings of quality ball, zero hits, one walk. Got out of a big jam when he came in to relieve Smoker as well. Uh, got a couple double play balls. So the bullpen, I think, will be fine. If we're still talking about this at, let's say, 50 combined innings for the bullpen, and I think maybe that's a good marker to have, just pulling something arbitrarily completely out of my hat. Um, that's where I would start to worry. Our next question from Twitter comes from at SayWhat95. 
If you look at that person's profile, they're Berg Proud, they're Steelers Nation, they're Let's Go Pens, and they don't like alternative facts. So all in all, pretty solid Twitter account if you ask me. And the question is attendance today. Function more of the weather or anger at ownership? I think we kind of covered this at the top. It's both for sure. I think we can move on. Our next question comes from on Twitter comes from at Doyle JFTC, and that's our friend Sean Doyle from jaysfromthecouch.com and lockdownbluejays.com now. Please check both of those out. I pay Sean enough compliments when I'm talking to him, so I don't really need to go into any, any further uh, fluffing for him. But he asks, if the Pirates were actually Pirates, who would have the best beard? Who would wear an eye patch, peg leg, and who would have the swab to deck? Well, if we're looking at the team right now, I think that Colin Moran has a typical Pirates beard. It's solid. It's red. It's magnificent. And if we're talking about who might have to wear an eye patch, well, let's talk about um, probably San Francisco Cervelli because at this point, an eye injury would be the, the last injury he might might occur this season. He's already been through so much. So maybe an eye injury is coming. A peg leg. Uh, let's talk with uh, Gregory Polanco, who always seems to have hamstring issues. Maybe just replacing that with a wooden leg would solve a lot of issues and maybe even improve his outfield defense. As far as who would have to swab the deck, well, you know, right now let's go with Josh Smoker. Like we said, he has been not performing very well, and the Pirates need a left-hander in the pen who can get guys out late in innings, late in games, or in the middle of the game in terms of a fireman situation. We don't need loogies on this team, left-hand to one-out guy. Um, Smoker is not a loogie, in my opinion, but he's going to have to show that he can pitch like he pitched last year with the Mets, where he was a high strikeout, kind of a slightly elevated walk guy, but someone you know can get up there and miss some bats, and he's just not that guy right now. At Critter underscore X writes, more wins from Nova or Williams? Let's take a look at Mr. Critter. Uh, His profile picture is a chubby baby smoking a cigarette. So, <laughs> if this is my wife, she would say, oh my God, look at the chubby cheeks on that baby. Um, and I'll just leave it at that. Uh, I think, is push an, an answer that I can give? I mean, if you're talking about Nova or Williams competing for how many number of wins they can rack up, I think you've already lost. I think the bullpen, or excuse me, the rotation um, would not hold up to the rigors of the season if we're talking about one of those two pitchers having a higher number of wins than the other. I think they're both going to have to produce. And wins, as we know, are not very indicative of a pitcher, of a good pitcher stat to judge pitching on. So let's, let's expound a little bit and say who has the better ERA or the better FIP. And for that, I'm looking for Nova because Nova, although he walked three um, in his opening day start, which, by the way, was the – only the fourth time in the past two years that Nova has walked three or more batters. And two of those were when he was struggling with knee issues late last year. I think the fact that uh, Nova can limit the walks. We saw Williams still kind of learning how to how to limit free passes. He gave up five in his six no-hit innings on Saturday in the first game of the doubleheader. So I think Nova kind of knows his craft a little better right now. Uh, we got to remember that Trevor Williams is going through just his second full year. So there's still some growing pains there. And I think because of that, I would like to see Nova really pitch like he's capable of and really be a second anchor in this rotation behind Jamison Tyone. At Ryan Russell 1982 asks a game-specific question. Is Tyone going to be our number one or number two starter by the end of the year based on how he performed today? Uh, well, um, I, I hate talking about who's the ace, who's number one, who's number two, who's the number five starter because those numbers are arbitrary 
and they change so much throughout the course of the year. If you're asking if Tyon is going to be our best pitcher by the end of the year, I think he already is. He struck out nine today, did not walk a batter, got a little loose at the end of his start, ended up uh, with 5.1 innings pitched. You'd like to see him go a little longer, give the team six innings if he can at the very least. Um, but there's nothing to suggest that Tyon is not at, at approaching the top of his craft right now. And for that reason, I'll I'll put him ahead of Nova. I'll put him ahead of Cool. The stuff. If you want to talk from a stuff standpoint, maybe Cool has with his curveball that's developing has a little more bite in his stuff. But Tyon's stuff is is just absolutely uh, hardened and sharpened right now. And you saw him uh, really hammer that curveball today as an out pitch, and wow, it had some great movement. So I'm going to expand on your question a little bit, Ryan, and say that Tyon is definitely the Pirates' best pitcher right now. Uh, in Ryan's profile, he says, dogs are fun, cats are cool too. That's a little sketchy, but I will say that, hey, you're a friend of the animal kingdom, so good on you. So that handles the the Twitter questions for today. And we are now going to go to Facebook where the conversation is a little more deep and the answers or the questions are just as good. I am pulling that up now. And here's the first question from Nolan Grossman. Early thoughts on the return this far for Cole? Feliz and Moran have contributed now Cole was pretty good in the start as well do you think it was the right move well you know we've talked about this you know since the trade god who knows how many times and yes Moran finally broke through uh, hit a home run in front of the home crowd today a grand slam at that so what a way to introduce himself to Pirates fans uh Feliz struggled in his first start curiously threw only fastballs um but has rebounded well and you know he looks like a solid bullpen piece uh, and then you have Joe Musgrove, who we haven't seen yet. So as boring as this is, the jury is still out. Um, but if Moran can continue to produce, if he can continue to, to get hot and you know perhaps even start to hit consistently, I think the fact that the Pirates got a, a starting third baseman, which is a, very much a need for them, and a relief, a relief pitcher at the very least in the trade, not even talking about Joe Musgrove, now, I really think the Pirates got a fair return for two years of Garrett Cole. I really do. We're talking about two guys who are controllable for a total of 11 years. Uh, I think five years for Musgrove and six years for Feliz, I believe, because he hasn't quite hit the service time threshold yet. I could be wrong on that. But the point is they're controllable for a long time. And even if they perform you know, slightly better than average, you've won that trade, hands down. Gene Biondi asks, what was the real offer for Andrew McCutcheon? Just curious of other teams' value on him at this stage in his career. Thank you. Thank you, Gene. And that's really hard to say. Uh, the Pirates were particularly tight-lipped. Uh, they always are tight-lipped, but extra extra tight-lipped during this offseason. Um, I can tell you confidently that my sources uh, were more of the national sources, so to speak. I didn't really have any Pirates-specific sources, so I can't tell you exactly what the offers were. I do believe Neil Huntington when he says that the offers were not just were just not there. So the question now becomes, should the Pirates have held on to it and trade him at the deadline? I'm not so sure about either that either because the value of McCutcheon is taking another hit. We've seen some sloppy defense from him. We've seen another slow start out there in San Francisco. I think he's one for 16 going into today. So, I, I you know I. It's hard because if you would have asked me this question last year at the deadline, I think the deadline would have been the time to trade him. So he was starting to heat up. He was starting to rebound. You know, who knows what would have happened this year. If you if we can imagine the Pirates having having consummated the Gary Cole trade but not an Andrew McCutcheon trade and insert him into this club, 
I think it performs about the same, honestly. I really do. Marte's been off to a good start. And, of course, it's four games. So let's give the obligatory small sample size warning. But I think nothing lost, nothing gained. And, and that tells you everything you need to know about how the other teams in the league viewed McCutcheon. Um, we'll see what he gets in free agency next year. I think it's going to be very interesting. There's going to be some big fish in free agency, and I think McCutcheon may be a victim of that. I don't think he'll be getting as much as he was making with the Pirates. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, so we will see. Uh, John, I'm, I apologize, John. I'm going to try my best. John Nispodzanski says, if Mercer's injury is more likely than a few days, who do they call up? More off Newman or someone else? Well, we said at the top that Mercer was likely not to miss any time, but let's play devil's advocate and say that he was. The answer is 100% Max Moroff. Uh, Moroff has the trust of the, the coaching staff, has been with a big club before, uh, hits very well at AAA, and there's really nothing left to prove for him there. Um, so the only reason he's down, in my opinion, is because the Pirates wanted to carry that extra bullpen guy. Uh, maybe they had an inkling that something might be going on with Musgrove. Maybe they had an inkling that uh, they weren't quite confident in Smoker and Nebraska Santana as, as they seem to be. Um, so maybe they wanted to take a 13th bullpen, or excuse me, a 13th pitcher north to kind of kind of let things shake out and see what they have, and then maybe they'll make a roster move to bring up another bat. Um, that could be more off anyway. But if it happened with Mercer, it would 100% be more off. He can play shortstop, serviceable there, not his best position, and can play all over the field as well, so that would have been him. Ryan Farster asks, what do the Pirates have to do in April to re- refill the bandwagon? What record do they need to prove they are legit for the opening month? That's a great question because I have looked at this previously and the Pirates have notoriously been slow starters. I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but I recall that in 2014 they got off to a 10-16 and 16 start, which pretty much forced them to have to be playing very hard just to get that 88 win in the wild card. Uh, in 2015, I'm going to look that one up because I wanted to find out. Um, that was a 98 win season, of course. You kind of want to know like what they what they had in the first month of the season and I have it right here uh they were only 12 and 10 in April so that you really can't tell um but if we talk about what it would take for what kind of record it would take for fans to be re-energized and re-engaged with the club I, I think they're starting to do it right now I really do 4-0 is is 4-0 listen it's four games but in the light of this offseason those are four games that the Pirates needed to have um, and I think if they end up with a winning record in April, even if it's one or two games, I think fans will be deliriously happy with that. And it really put the club on pace to perhaps win 81 games or more. So that was a very good question. I, you always want the Pirates to get off to a good start. You always want any team to get off to a good start. But as we saw in 2015 and 2014, it's not necessary. Justin Frazee asks, it's only a small sample size, but do you think we could be on the verge of Polanco being the breakout player we previously expected? Yes, absolutely. What I've been really impressed with is his command of the strike zone. Just very measured, and I think this, he's cut down on the swing a little bit. It's not as long as loopy, long and loopy as it once was. Um, but we'll see with Polanco. The knock on him has always been the mental lapses and the injury history. I think if he can tamper both of those down, he can definitely keep this up. Uh, David Wald asks, how long do they carry 13 pitches on the roster? Well, I kind of think that's a function of Rolling them out there because you couldn't make a decision between Smoker, Deveroskis, and Santana and seeing who might distinguish themselves. I don't think it'll carry on much longer. I really don't. Um, you have to remember, too, with uh, starting pitching going a little lighter in the beginning of the season for most pitchers, 
We're talking, you know, five innings pitched, 5.2, 5.1, uh, sometimes six. You know, I think that 13 pitchers is a function of that as well. I think a lot will be cleared up once Joe Musgrove is ready to come off the DL, but I really don't think that'll last very much longer. Uh, one last question from Joshua Ruga. In your opinion, will Mitch Cutter make his debut this season? And how does that impact Glassnell's future as a starting pitching hopeful? Well, I think the two are definitely not mutually exclusive. Um, there is something to be said about perhaps handling Glassnow a little bit differently, knowing that you have Keller in the pipeline. Um, but the what I like about Keller in, in direct correlation to how Glassnow is brought up, Glassnow dominated. He had these gaudy strikeout numbers. He had just absolute dominance from double A onward. Keller, we saw him enter double A last year, kind of struggled a little bit. It still was still learning how to harness that third pitch, that changeup, which people still rate as average. Um, but if you read the scouting reports on Glass now back then, it was a lot of the same except to a higher degree. Uh, they had real concerns. Many scouting people had real concerns about Glassnow's third pitch or lack thereof. And Glassnow had such success right away that maybe it kind of colored many's perception of him, even in the organization. Um, and that made us all think that perhaps he would just translate right to the big leagues. That hasn't happened. With Mitch Keller, it has been a more of a gradual climb. He's gotten some meaningful innings in Altoona last year. I think he'll start in Altoona again, but he won't be there very long. And I think that because of that, his starting in Altoona, just my opinion, I think that uh, you will see him in a Pirates uniform this year, but it won't be until September, unless the Pirates are completely out of it early and have a or have a rash of injuries. You might see him a little bit sooner, but I would say midsummer at the very earliest. But I think you'll see him this year. I really do. I don't think it impacts Glassnow's future because if Glassnow goes out and performs and can miss some bats and limit some walks, he's going to find his way back into the starting rotation regardless, and then the Pirates from there will just make it work. Um, it's it's imperative on Glasnow. It, it it falls on Glasnow to do so, and trust me, if he if he finds a way to do that and does it consistently, the Pirates will make room for him. So that's it for this week's Locked On Mailbag. I will see you next week with another one. We're gonna try and do these for every Tuesday. Feels like a good day to do it, coming off of a week of baseball going forward. Um, and we'll see you tomorrow for the Alex Stump interview and for Locked On Pirates. This is Jason saying good night.